of Oklahoma City, you're tuned in to the Good Trash Media Network Dead Center Film Festival Special Edition. Good Trash Media will be bringing you all the Dead Center coverage you could ever want. For more information, go to GoodTrashMedia.com. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Good Trash Special Edition, where we talk about how Good Trash is taking on Dead Center. That's right, Jason took New York once, and now we're taking on the Dead Center Film Festival. For those of you listeners who are uh, maybe not local, or maybe you are, uh, the Dead Center Film Festival is the kind of flagship Oklahoma film festival here in our good old state, Panhandle State. Uh, and we here at Good Trash are very, very fortunate and excited to be able to cover the Dead Sitter Film Festival. Uh, so we are attending, this is our first film festival, and we are very excited to be your guides to all of the wonderful films playing right here in our home state. So we're here today to kind of give you a little bit of a sneak peek at some of the biggest movies playing at the festival and when and where you can catch those. So without further ado, let's go ahead and talk to our Good Trash media team who will be covering the festival this year. To my left, sir, you will be primarily covering as our writer and or eye protein expert on Dead Center Film Festival. My name is Dustin Sells, and I will be writing words. And across the table, we have our she she you know she's going to be covering some of our media, kind of ta- talking with some of our uh, other filmmakers here, trying to trying to kind of see what their their films are about, kind of yeah. talk to them more and help get them help them get their message out. And she's also kind of a ma- networking master extraordinaire. That's right, uh, ma'am. Introduce yourself. My name is Alexander Bohannon, and I'm excited to go to my very first stud center. How's oh, your first one? It is. Yay, Dustin! Is this your first? No, I've been to one before. Okay, cool. Um, and my name is Caleb Masters, and I'll be also trying to kind of talk to you filmmakers out there a little bit about your movie and what makes it interesting and, and, and see what's going on there. But I'm also going to be kind of running a lot of the behind-the-scenes web work and editorial fun stuffs. So, yeah, it's going to be a real good time. I, I'm very, very excited to be covering this with you guys. I'm immensely um, unattractive and antisocial, and that's why they've got me just doing the writing stuff and uh, not networking. Well, if you're a writer, you have to be unattractive, right? Correct. Naturally? Yes. Okay. It's mostly the neck beard. We've got a few different things, and this is kind of a special edition. We're going to try and give you guys a heads up of what's playing, when is it playing, uh, and what do we think about the films coming out a little bit. We want to get, keep you guys in the loop because this is a film festival, and there's a lot of stuff going on. If you're not paying close attention, you could very easily miss that one film you actually might have really liked. That's really true. So uh, we're just going to go ahead and start off a little bit by kind of going through the major narrative feature films that are actually flagship from Oklahoma. These are films that are made in Oklahoma, by o- a lot of them by Oklahomans, and we wanted to kind of give you kind of the rundown on that. We're going to start with one of the films that is opening the festival, and if you've been listening, following Good Trash Media here, you've probably heard a little bit about it, a thing or two, and that is the genre film Electric Nostalgia that is going to be playing on Thursday night. That is June the 9th at 9.45 p.m. Where is that playing, Caleb? Well, that's a great qu- uh, question, Alex. I'm really glad you asked. That'll be playing, like most of the films at the Dead Center Film Festival, playing at the Downtown Harkins Theater. Now, this particular theater uh, at Thursday at 9.45 p.m. is going to be the Mid-First Bank Theater at the Harkins. So go ahead and be prepared. Now, there are only a handful of seats available for this picture. I want to say that there's about there's less than 200 seats. So, And I don't know if you guys, I'm really excited to catch this one. 
Yeah, definitely. I think they've been building up the hype really well. Um, you know, we at Good Trash Media have had a, a pretty decent relationship with the filmmakers, um, the Burns Brothers and then uh, Vinny Hogan, their producer. Yeah, so I'm really, I mean, I haven't seen the film yet, uh, even though I have you know, probably the best relationship out of all of everyone here. You don't say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> with with the filmmakers themselves. But um, I haven't seen the picture yet. It's a black and white sci-fi thriller. It should be delightful. And um, just as a kind of a thing to keep in the back of your mind uh, throughout the planning of your schedule is that if you have an all-access pass, you need to be there to get in line for your all-access pass. Yes, yeah. And then they're only going to start seating uh, at-the-door tickets um, at after they have seated all of your all access pass VIP holders. So um, keep that in mind when you're planning your schedule. And um, if you see enough movies you want to see, you should probably buy an all access pass. Honestly, yeah, no, the all access pass is the way to go. If you think, hey, I'm going to go see, if you're going to see even like three or four movies, guys, I mean, I know it's $150, but it's worth it because not only do you get access to the movies, and it, it, I don't want to say it guarantees you, but it gives you significant priority over everyone else who is attending this film festival. Uh, you get priority seating. Uh, so pretty much you're all, all but guaranteed a seat in your, in your movies. And then you get access to, there's a lot of like really, really cool panels that are going on that you get access to. You get access to like luncheons and you get access to after parties. It's a worthwhile experience. I mean, and honestly, for for I've I've been I, this is not my first film festival. I'm going to say 150 dollars for an all access pass is not a bad price at all. So, uh, you know, if you're here in Oklahoma, I definitely and you're considering going to more than one or two of the films, I definitely recommend that because that way, say, if you really want to see Electric Nostalgia or say uh, Hunt for the Wilderness People that we're going to talk about here in a minute, like you'll be say, hey, I know I've got a seat. I'm, I'm pretty confident I've got a seat. But yeah, um, now back to Electric Nostalgia. I think uh, on the good trash genre cast hence genre cast this does typically fall more in our wheelhouse uh, because it is kind of a sci-fi like you said black and white it seems like it's dealing with some cerebral themes like resurrection and, yeah. and things like that it, it, it looks oddly to me like a, an odd mashup between blade runner and uh, spike jones's her Ooh, yeah, is, is what it looks like. Interesting, to me. and it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, they, I think the filmmakers themselves uh, cite uh, inspiration from, gosh, that's this black and white '60s film Seconds, and um, which is released on Criterion. Um, and what is that other one? I know this- I talked to Jacob. He was recently on the Cast Beyond the Wall. That's our Game of Thrones podcast on the Good Trash Media Network, and he recently said that. If you want, if to, a lot of people have said it's a lot like Primer, not necessarily inspiration, Primer, but he yeah, says yeah. very similar to Primer in that very dry, cerebral kind of kind of style. Yeah, and I heard, and this is not spoilers. There's robots in it. I don't know. Oh how. shit! No, you don't say. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, robots! Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, robots, science fiction. There you go. Um, so that will be uh, playing twice at the fe- at the festival. So the opening night, and this is the for for Electric Nostalgia. This is their world premiere. Uh, that's going to be June 9th at 9.45 in that Mid-First Auditorium Theater, or you can catch it a second time on Saturday, June 11th at 2.15. Electric Nostalgia, it, that is the closest and nearest and dearest to our hearts here on Good Trash Media. Um, obviously, they're, they're good friends of the show and good friends of the website, but I, honestly, they're, they're just it's just in a wheelhouse, so we're very excited about that one. Now, another film that is coming up 
is uh, the film Great Plains, which is a... I'll kind of read the synopsis about this. Uh, it says it's a dramatic thriller about a mother and her boy running from a violent, abusive stepdad. Now, the film is directed by Blair Hayes, who apparently is also somehow related to or directed Bubble Boy. That's a film starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, I really like that movie a lot, actually. I love Bubble Boy so much. That's a good movie. It was filmed on location here in Oklahoma. And it has some award-winning actresses in in this p- picture um, whose names currently escape me. Well, I know it's got Tara Buck Pierce, who's apparently from True Blood. I'm not a fan of True Blood, but that, that's a pretty big deal. That's a big show. It is a big It's one of the few vampire things I don't like, but yes. What? Yeah, I don't like True Blood. Dustin, you what? don't like True Blood. That's like if you're gonna pick a if you're gonna pick a like a really romanticized vampire. Like, I thing, thought that's that the thing. was like sexy vampires and stuff. Yeah, which is not kind of my bag. But it's the better than Twilight sexy, sexy vampires. Right, though. that's the kind I, I don't thought, like. Oh, you just like the subversive nature of vampires being a metaphor for sexiness. Not, yes, okay. not, not not so much. Yeah, the handsome. Not like sexy. Yeah, oh, the, the sexy all up my face. I'm not. I'm not digging. God, that, more yeah. for that. If you want to hear more. I, Dustin's infatuation with vampires. Check out the good trash genre cast. Now it says after her new husband Tommy violently attacks her one too many times, she grabs Kip and escapes, drives west down the old country roads with dreams of California and starting over. Now I haven't seen a lot on this film. As a person who has had aspirations in his life very many times to move to California, uh, you know, just up and go. I mean, there's something very interesting about that idea now i i have to say i I do always wonder about with these kind of like made in oklahoma folk movies a little bit there's like a certain tone i've noticed well i've just seen some other films i I know i saw a couple films last year about made in oklahoma you know the 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 oklahoman story like the small town and some sometimes those movies get a lot right and sometimes they just kind of come across a little clunky and forced and um i'm curious about this one so i'm always a little wary but then you also get stuff like rudderless granted made by some folks from la which is a little different than this film um but you get stuff like rudderless which is a delight i have actually seen um a screener for this film um yeah just like a very very rough cut of it i think it was it was directed for cast and crew and i was a plus one um and it um the element of the boy and the mother running away um kind of reminded me a lot of midnight special Uh, i think they kind of the the portrayal of the boy in particular is being kind of a little precocious and um you know it didn't have quite, you know, this alien subplot, which um, could have been an an interesting, unexpected choice, but they didn't go that direction. No Tomorrowland? Not, not, not Tomorrowland, <laughs> no. Um, so the fact that um, I feel like both of these have kind of similar themes, that, that was kind of a primary thing that uh, reminded me. As I was watching this film, uh, that was one thing. That okay, was so we're kind of like a midnight special, like a, a mother son story. Yeah, 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 mother son story. Uh, you know, running from abuse. I think I. Uh, like cross midnight special with uh, where the heart is or one of those kind of like, you know, nineties kind of like uh, ladies on, on the run. Okay. You know, yeah. A new I, life kind of thing. I know what you're talking about. That, that could be a cool story. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how great planes turns out. Um, and guys, you know what one of the benefits of dead center is? And we didn't mention this with the logic nostalgia, although we should, because it rings true with those guys as well. These films I'm listing off here, the filmmakers are all going to be at the festival. You know, one of the real, I, I, this is not my first radio. I've done a few festivals now. You know what the best thing about festivals is, guys? What? 
You can actually talk to the people who made the movies right there. They're going to be at Q&As following their screenings. They're going to be at a lot of these events. They're going to be watching movies just like you are too. Uh, so you better believe one of the benefits of Dead Center is actually being able to talk to your filmmakers. How did you make this movie? How did you finance this movie? What were you thinking in X scene? I mean, so this is really good as a film goer if you have questions just about the movie in general. If you're a filmmaker who, especially a filmmaker in Oklahoma, who's like, hey, I actually have a story I want to tell. Maybe you can talk to these guys who've done it uh, because I, you know, I've met several of these folks and they're all very fine people who are very easy to talk to. So uh, I definitely would encourage you to do that. But let's let's go ahead and move on to the next film, which is a film I'm I'm super curious about. the The premise just I, I mean just really raised a flag in my in my heart, and that is the film heartland uh oh alex has got a look on her face i don't know i think caleb crossed like five metaphors yeah there was a pun line that was like completely violated anyway (sighs) you guys puns are where it's at (laughs) we're both nodding at you okay i deserve that we're not nodding we're shaking our heads in disappointment i I, I might have deserved that uh heartland is a wonderfully tense family drama directed by Mara Anderson, whose production managed the Oscar-nominated independent film Winter's Bone. Now, let me just tell you guys, I fucking love Winter's Bone. That was Jennifer Lawrence's takeoff film, by the way. That was where that got her enough attention to get X-Men and a lot of other big films. Like, literally within the course of two years, she, she, she blew up, and it started with Winter's Bone, which got her some, some attention from the Academy. Now, so the person who did, uh, who managed the production on that film is also working on Heartland. Uh, now, the film is co-written and produced by an Oklahoma native uh, named Valinda Godfrey, who also plays the lead role. Now, Heartland tells the story of a young Oklahoma artist who lands back in her mother's stifling household after her girlfriend dies, but finds temporary escape in a reckless week- uh, weekend affair with her brother's girlfriend. Boy. Yep. That sounds interesting, yeah. No, it really does. Um, the, apparently, so one of the lead actresses is from Big Bang Theory, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And um, this film has actually gotten some pretty substantial, or, um, I mean, for a film that was shot in Oklahoma with a probably smaller indie level budget, um, it's gotten some good buzz. I, I'm trying to remember... What film festival it got into in California? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it was there was one in L.A. I thought yes. too. The L, it was like a big like LGBTQ. Yeah, uh, well, there was I think there was that one, but there was an additional one that was in March that Heartland okay. got into. Very so cool. it's been touring the festival circuit. It's not its world premiere or anything, but it's nice to see an Oki film back in Oklahoma, um, especially. Um, you said it was directed by a female person? Yeah, yeah, it's by a woman. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, her so name Melinda Godfrey. Add that to your Hashtag 52. 52 w- films by women, yeah. Yeah, so I um, might want to inform the audience about that. Yeah, what's the deal, Dustin? Uh, Dustin? Ha- uh, well, uh, 52 films by women. Um, you can actually look at my iProtein blog and see uh, my my mid-year report. Not quite mid-year, mid-year report on that. But it's a challenge uh, made by the, the good people at Women in Film uh, to watch 52 films uh, directed by women in the course of 2016. And I'm up to about... 30 ish um maybe a little over 30 you're ahead of the game my friend yeah you're yeah definitely nice. over. There, there's 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 good you're stuff inspiring me man because i want to see more films by women i just don't get around to it like exactly. i really do that's that's awesome uh thank you for doing that because you're doing god's work over there well and heartland okay. will be a film i'm going to catch i mean not just because i'm trying to get up my tally because it sounds like something i actually yeah see. yeah it's i mean it sounds within my wheelhouse as well yeah no it, it's up my street now and, and, and i don't want to get too personal but i had some very close friends of mine who ended up coming out um in college and having to deal with a lot of this drama and obviously that it's not first-hand experience, but second-hand because I was very close to them. And um, hearing hearing their story about how they had to 
talk to their parents about it and how it was weird and awkward. Say, hey, I'm with this other girl. Um, really goes a long way. So, I mean, there's something about this film. I know this is a very legitimate struggle in, in the state of Oklahoma. It's not the, the friendliest environment for people who are, who are coming out as homosexual or bisexual or, or trans or whatever. So I, I think there's a really interesting story to be told. It's not like you're coming out in California or Washington or right. New York. Uh, and especially in a state that's no, most notably um, a very red state. Right. And and I think that without this element of it, um, Heartland could play a little stale. Um, I think without the, the interesting thing of what does it mean to be LGBT in Oklahoma? Um, because it really, cause I like Caleb get kind of in irritated by just the kind of typical o- Oklahoma folksy movie, which is like portraying Oklahoma's is just Oklahomans as uh, hillbillies and backwoods people, just like good old country folk and all that. Um, not to say that there isn't a place for that, but I do get kind of just, I'm just What's hashtag when, like, over it. Yeah, you know? well, it's like when every film from Oklahoma is that movie. Yeah, when every film is Twister. You know, I mean, we don't need we don't need like more portrayals of Oklahomans being just you know backwoods and podunk. But I think that using the intersection of like this um, issue with you know what is my sexuality and being in Oklahoma, it makes Oklahoma less of a character in the film, which we've talked about on the Good Trash Genre cast before, where um, whenever you have a setting that becomes one of the, uh, basically one of the characters in the film and what that means for that movie, particularly. Well, and I, and I think, you know, uh, as a lot of our friends down at Dead Center are, we're, we're a group of people who really think Oklahoma has got a lot of potential and there's some really cool things going on here. So obviously when you want to see a film that's going to reach out and tell more stories than just, oh, hey, there's a, Oklahoma's this podunk place that you leave and you go on to bigger and better things. Like there can be cool stuff done here. Uh, really interesting things here. And the thing about Heartland that really fascinates me, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Alex, because if even if you look at like the great film, like like Brokeback Mountain, right? Which is it's a real good movie. It's a real good movie. If you haven't seen it, just Go into it with an open mind. I think it's a really fascinating movie. But you want to know what? I've all. If you take the gay out of that movie, it's significantly less interesting. It's well made, but it's less interesting. And I think what you're. I think if I'm hearing you right, what you're saying is well, this really is the the real the real the real kind of force moving this film forward and the interest is the fact that it's homosexuals in Oklahoma versus like if this was any other like straight film, it wouldn't be nearly as interesting. Yeah, like if it was just the premise of the movie minus, you know, the fact that she ends up making up with her brother's fiance. I mean that, or whatever that actual relationship entails. I don't know. Like I don't, haven't seen this film, so I don't want to downplay, um, you know, homosexual or bisexual relationships at all. That's not what I'm doing, but um, yeah. So the fact that we do have this kind of queer aspect to it is interesting and hasn't really been done yeah. about Oklahoma. No, no, we haven't. That story hasn't been told. I think it's a very valuable one. And, and that, I'm really hope uh, really excited about Heartland. I would very much like to catch that. Now that is uh, playing on the 11th at 5:30 p.m. Also in the Harkins Theater, and again on the 12th at 3:45 p.m. Also in the Harkins. So make sure if that if you're really interested in like a you know a film about queer LGBTQ group from Oklahoma, I think this is definitely one to watch uh, watch out for. Now the last film in Oklahoma is the one I know the least about, uh, and it's a film called Oh Brother. Uh, now it sounds like more of a comedy. Now that is it is a film from Lance McDaniel, who is a real big mover and shaker here in the Oklahoma City film scene. So um, that automatically gives it a little bit of a point of interest. 
Um, I'm curious though. It seems more kind of like a like kind of a, a comedy film. So here's kind of the the kind of synopsis as listed by the Dead Center web, website. Oh Brother is a wild comedy starring comedian Spencer Hicks as Michael, the mayor's chief of staff who is caught on an adultery website and loses his wife and job in the in a public scandal. His estranged gay brother Luke, played by Lance McDaniel, comes to the rescue and hides Michael with the drag performers Kitty Bop Ames and Norma Jean Goldenstein at his gay bar and dinner theater, The Boom. Uh, now, while Luke is dealing with his ex-boy toy, Angel, Michael is quickly whisked away by his ex-con best friend, Terry. Sounds like a lot of hijinks. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hijinks. Priscilla Queen of the Desert is set in Oklahoma, you know, with a little cross with the birdcage is what it sounds yeah, like. There yeah, you go. The, yeah, the there you go. There Dustin you go. just like nailed it. He's like, just boil it down. That one will be playing June 11th at 7.30 p.m. So those are kind of the four big local film, full-length feature local films. I hope you guys will again head over to the, the Dead Center website, deadcenterfilm.org, if any of those are of interest of you. Now, we are going to talk a little bit about some of the films they're importing. So that is films that are made elsewhere in LA. Uh, they're they're more ho- a little more Hollywood. They're not Hollywood. They're not like they're not, not necessarily. Like some of them probably picture. are. You know. But they're well. They're they're more they're they're made by people from LA or New York who happen to have a little more financing who are active in the film industry, yeah, which just, you might call Hollywood independent filmmaking. Yeah, right. they're just getting it on the festival circuit. They've probably at this point have already premiered at you know an, a larger, more notable festival and found um, a. An, a appropriate audience at dead center yeah absolutely and uh, i think last year i had a uh, there was a couple of films that i, I saw that I, I really loved we had the stanford prison experiment which is one we got in here i love that oh movie. man i it, wish i'd seen that so good and then we also got a- anesthesia which was a film brought in by tim blake nelson now this is before it was on the second film festival he debuted in tim blake nelson he's a an actor in a bunch of movies you've probably seen like uh, oh brother war thou being a big one he's holes mr Mr. Oh, Pinansky. okay, Mr. Pinansky. Yeah, yeah, he's we're good. he's he's great. I love the guy. He's in a bunch, bunch, a bunch of movies. He's really great. But anyway, he's actually native of Oklahoma and from Tulsa, uh, and he came in last year and it was only the second film festival he did. Tulsa's not in Oklahoma. You know, he made a joke Apparently. about that. He actually made a joke about the right old school because you know it's real. I, I my understanding is not as not a native Oklahoman that um, the dynamics have changed a little bit in the more recent years. But he 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 brought up like this old school like rivalry between Oklahoma. Anyway, fun stuff. Uh, anyway, so last year he brought Anesthesia, which did have a lot of big at- name actors you'd recognize, like Corey Stoll, um, like like Tim Blake Nelson, like um, Sam Waterton, uh, you know, a lot of actors like that. So anyway, so we have a couple of those films this year. Now, the first one I want to mention is the one I'm, I'm just really excited to see, and that is Hunts for Wilder People. Why do I want to see this? Well, a couple of reasons. One, it's got Sam Neill in it. Guys, If I, I don't know if I've ever had a chance to articulate how sad I am for Sam Neill on a regular basis that he did not get a bigger break in Hollywood. He deserved better. That's Jurassic Park. That's Dr. Grant, for those of you who are not in the know. And he got pigeonholed into genre film pretty heavy, heavily. And in recent years, has almost fallen off the face of the earth, honestly. So it's was really, almost James Bond, you know, for Goldeneye. almost James Bond. What? Oh, the test footage is on YouTube. Check oh my, it out. Is it really? It's worth seeing. Oh, boy. Yeah, so... Hunt for the Wilder People, he's he's starring in that. And then it's also directed by, I am going to butcher this name, guys. Ta- We're ready for it. Mm. Everyone expects it, so go ahead. This film is from uh, New Zealand filmmaker Taika Watiti. Now, do you guys know who that is? No. 
Yes, I do. That's the director of what we do in the shadows. Exactly. And it's fantastic. And it's a fun movie. It's a real fun movie that's streaming on HBO Go right now if you haven't had a chance. But you know what else he's about to do? What? Thor 3. Oh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, guys. Like I said. This dude's a big deal. He's going to be a big deal. All you, need, all you need to do is direct one indie movie. They get some get, get uh, one indie movie, and then all of a sudden Hollywood hands you a big freaking budget. Um, so... This film is uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. It's a touching, hilarious comedy that drew universal praise at Sundance and opened to record-breaking crowds in New Zealand where it was produced. Now, the film stars legendary Kiwi actor Sam Neill as a grouchy Bushman and newcomer Julian Dennison as a feisty foster forced to forge an alliance to survive the New Zealand wilderness. So, apparently, it... Is going to be a funny movie because it's directed by he's apparently a former comedian, uh, Taika Waititi, uh, and he's well known for what he we did in the shadows. And like I said, will be a director of the next Thor movie. So that's, I mean, yeah, that's a, it's a big deal. Uh, it's playing twice here at the festival. I think firstly uh, on the ninth Thursday, the ninth at six p.m. in the Oklahoma Museum of Art. So if you guys are down in the Oklahoma Museum of Art, there's also an opening party at five p.m. at the Art After Five. You should check out. Um, but uh, yeah, that'll be where that film kind of opens. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this just for the name value alone. I mean, I don't know much about the film or the Australian, uh, as you can, as I can attest, if you go back to and listen to our crocodile Dundee episode, I'm not super well versed in Australian or New Zealand cultures. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm curious. Yeah. I mean this, I saw the trailer, the trailer looks hilarious and it's one of my favorite things to see, especially since this is an Oklahoma centric film festival. Um, I I think that from what I remember of the trailer, and it's been a few weeks ago, um, this film had some indigenous peoples from it in it. So it would be, it's interesting to me to see um, indigenous individuals from other countries that aren't Oklahoma. And then we have Oklahoma and we have our indigenous culture here. So it's like really interesting to introduce these two t- t- together. I think it's a good fit. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. With the the value of indigenous cultures, I think so. Okay, well, let's go ahead and move on to the next film, which is called The Land. Now, The Land is a film uh, about uh, the synopsis on the Dead Center website is teenage buddies Cisco Booby Jr. and Patty Cake skateboard the streets of Cleveland, Ohio, dreaming of getting discovered by a sponsor and skating their way out of poverty. That is, until the boys discover a bag full of pills in the back of a stolen car. Cisco's entrepreneurial instincts take over, and in a flash, their lives get better. But no one counted on having to come face-to-face with the cold, calculating, and notorious drug queenpin, Mama, who runs the toughest gang in town. Now, apparently, this was a big mover and shaker at this last year's Sundance. So, this is a big deal. Really? Yes. Apparently, this is a big deal. It sounds like a lot of fun. I'm really excited to catch this one. I'm not going to lie, as a guy who grew up in a small town where there was a serious, crazy, out-of-control drug problem, I'm, I, I'm like, you know, like this idea of, yeah, using my passion to get me out of this hellhole type thing. Like, I'm all about stories like that, where you're like, oh, life is hard, yada, yada. Um, but, yeah, the first half of that synopsis, I'm like, ooh, I'm in, just because personal connection. Second half, I'm like, I'm in because this sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, my major mode of transportation between ages 13 and 14 was probably skateboard so this is yeah Ooh. up my alley in, the, in a great many ways really things you learn every day about dust and cells that makes a lot of sense doesn't it yeah 
All right, we'll move on next to the uh, another film I'm very excited about, and that is Black Mountain Poets. They had some really cool on-location shoots in Scotland, so I'm a real sucker for that. I heard that a lot of this script was like... Um, and I don't get me, I could be completely wrong on this one, but I heard that this one had a lot of impro- improvisational acting. The script was pretty loose and they just kind of went with it. That's what I've heard. Interesting. This could be one of those challenging films to watch. You know, I remember watching Under the Skin, which is set in Glasgow, and uh, di- sometimes the accents are quite thick and difficult for American audiences. Dude, so. I'm so into that, though. But I, I mean, I, yeah. I am too, and I've got a good ear for it. But um, I guess buyer beware is what I would say at that point. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a red flag if you're if you're turned off by a thing where you can't understand accents. That's a thing. I know, like for instance, The Witch was a year a movie that came out earlier this year that turned some people off. I was totally into it. I also really like Snatch, which is another film that features not Scottish accents, but it, it does feature an accent that we are like it's almost indistinguishable what they're saying if you're you know an American because it's such a different variation on English it's, it, it can be tough to understand um, now the synopsis for Black Mountain Poets is a super hunky Tom Cullen that's right Tom Cullen from Downton Abbey all you Downton Abbey fans out there oh yeah oh yeah oh I just got very I just got very dreamy I just remembered I was like oh like that it guy it began real- that guy. realizing and then it got orgasmic somewhere in the middle oh, of all that that was, that was interesting don't do that to me. <laughs> So Tom Cullen stars as the love interest for nearly everyone in this hilarious improvised British comedy. Believe it. Uh, but the real stars are Alice Lowe and Dolly Wells, who play professional con artist sisters who assume the identity of the internationally re- uh, renowned poets, the Wilding sisters, after stealing their car while on the run from the cops. Competing for a large cash prize at the Poets Poetry Society retreat, in the depths of the Black Mountains, the sisters are forced to confront not only their relationships, but also in the world. There you go. Sounds like a lot of fun. Gather you rosebuds while you may, guys. And uh, this is a rosebud together. All right. Well, that'll move us on to the last film I want to highlight here, which is The Master Cleanse. Yes. Uh, now, this one I know a little less about, uh, but I have been enlightened off the air by Dustin and Alex about why I should see this film. Um, I noticed it on the list, but... Well, there's one reason. One one crucial reason. Well, well, Dustin, what is the reason I need to know? Angelica Houston. Ah, Angelica Houston. That so, is the most crucial reason. So, this film uh, is uh, down and out and heartbroken. Paul attends a spiritual retreat to cleanse himself and fix bro- his uh, fix his broken life, but soon discovers... That the cleanse releases more than every everyday toxins, a lot more. The film stars Oscar winner Angelica Houston and Emmy nominees Oliver Platt and John Galecki star in the wildly unique, masterfully made, thoughtful comedy. The feature debut of the writer film uh, director is Bobby Miller. So this seems like it's going to be kind of a really unique brand of comedy. I think last year we got the Overnighters, which is a re- which ended up becoming a real big hit. I mean, sleeper hit, I should say. Like people who saw it really, really liked it a lot. Super critically acclaimed. And I feel like the Master Cleanse kind of has that same appeal. Yeah, yeah, it had a, like um, there was from what I remember from this trailer, there was like a slime thing that came out of a drain. You don't say. Yeah, I'm in. You got it. You got to exfoliate, man. It's very important. I, I just keep getting. The idea of Mr. Clean in my head, the bald dude who wants to clean stuff. When, I, when you say Master Cleanse, that's all I can think about. Um, so that'll be kind of uh, it from like the, the kind of imported films uh, that we want to kind of highlight here. Now, we're, we're about out of time, uh, but I just want to let everyone know you should definitely go to Dead Center Film Festival. If you're here 
not even just in Oklahoma City, if you happen to be listening to us from Tulsa area or anywhere in the state of Oklahoma, I definitely think you guys should come check it out. This is a really big deal here if you're in, interested in investing in, in the arts and film in Oklahoma. Uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of really cool people doing some really cool things. We do want to wrap up the show by talking a little bit briefly about documentaries. Documentaries, he likes those, right? Oh, wait, we all like documentaries. Yep, we do. Because we're movie nerds. Dweebs. There's a couple here I'm going to list off, and, and if you get, if you folks notice any that I might have missed, let me know. Um, firstly, uh, one I'm really excited about is the little film called District Up, about the rise and, and, and rebuilding of the district. Plaza. Plaza District. I'm sorry, guys. Well, it's not just the Plaza District, but it's also this kind of district culture in general, in Oklahoma City specifically. Um, I'm... For those who aren't uh, familiar with the city, we have lots of kind of historical areas that have all their own names within the large uh, city of Oklahoma City, just kind of similar to how you have, um, you know, the Bronx and Greenwich Village and all that stuff, but definitely not that big at all. We're talking areas of a couple blocks. A couple yeah. of blocks. Right. So well, It's funny when you talk about the Plaza District of friends who are coming from out of town, and, and, and it's still... FYI, I will talk it up all day long. But then they show up into this little tiny, like, three-block area. With Granted, the worst parking ever. Worst parking ever. But, but like, it's it's super awesome. Like, just, they, that, that three blocks is the most concentrated three blocks of, like, culture in the city. And then you've got, we've got lots of little pockets of that growing up that have been really blossoming in the, here in the Oklahoma City area the last three, four, five years. And I think District Up is kind of a movie just talking about that and how that came to be and what the benefits of it are. And hopefully we can do more of that. So I am all game for that. Um, another one, I think, Dustin, I think you're particularly interested in uh, an act of love. Yeah, that, that's one about a uh, United Methodist pastor who uh, uh, takes a stand uh, for a loved one, a, a, rela- a rel- relative uh, loved one um, who is um, who's gay and uh, does some things. And, you know, it really is tied into current current events with uh, what's going on in the United Methodist Church right now with their quadrennial um, uh, National Assembly that they just had. And so uh, it, it, it's a very, very timely film, if nothing else. And so probably worth your time. Yeah, that's, that's again, it's a subject, a uh, uh, little known fact for, for listeners out there who might have not have known or catching this for the first time. I was a PK. So understanding that kind of complex struggle, uh, especially, again, I think it, it's a very relevant conversation. I have friends who are trying to decide if the if the Methodist way is the way to go, who are very um, pro, you know, uh, gay marriage, they're very pro supportive, transgender, and all, you know, again, all that the different types of acceptance uh, there. So for me, it's something I'm very, I'm very fascinated with. And I think is, 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 is definitely worth a catch at the festival. If, if you kind of share that kind of personal history, either with the church or you have some friends uh, who maybe who have grown up, also grown up in the church who are trying to figure out how they can get married. Cause despite the fact that it's quote unquote legal in the state of Oklahoma, there are certainly a lot of denominations here who do not accept that. And this is the incendiary moment that sort of began the major and massive debate that's going on in the United Methodist Church right now. And so that's, I mean, if nothing else, it is very much a current events interest. Oh, for sure. Lastly, we're going to go ahead. Uh, one I'm really curious about is the film Tower, which is recounting the uh, the infamous UT sniper shooting uh, that happened back in, was it the 70s, 60s? Early 60s. 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 Uh, and what's really cool about this one is it recounts it. You have archival footage, of course, like you would in any documentary. There's a very distinct animated style. 
and apparently this made some real waves back at South by Southwest. Uh, so South by Southwest is a pretty big deal, a pretty big film festival, and and in any film, in the world of film festivals in general, it's probably the one of the biggest in the country, um, if not the world. So getting to see a film, a documentary that was very well received there here in Oklahoma about history, and I really am fascinated just with history in general, but particularly with the UT campus, I think it's really, really uh, fascinating. It's a pretty interesting merger of uh, stock footage shot on 16 millimeter news coverage, eight millimeter, you know, personal home movie coverage. And then uh, the animation that has a very, a look very much akin to uh, through a scanner darkly and uh, at what, uh, and whatnot. And there's other parts that look a little bit more hand drawn. So it, it's definitely um, a stylistic mix. And that's, that's fascinating. That kind of taps off on documentaries. Now, if you guys want to know more about the film festival in general, I think you should definitely, or want to get a take an eyeball, you want to eyeball the schedule yourself because they're, like we said at the top of the show, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot to keep track of, and then you want to make sure you don't miss that one movie that you might really like. You want to head on over to www.deadcenterfilm.org and you can find more information about where you can purchase a ticket or a pat or or an all access pass and take a look at that schedule and get a better idea that of course the schedule is going to have links to all the trailers for all these wonderful films that are playing at dead center this year. Um, but that'll about wrap our show. Uh, I do want to remind our listeners that if you want to catch up with us online, um, that we are on the social media, Alex, do you know where people can find us on social media? Sure thing, Caleb. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash good trash media. You can find us at our parent website at goodtrashmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at good underscore trash. And you can also find us on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash GTM. Fantastic. And we would love to talk to you guys. So if you guys are going to be one of the attendees at Dead Center, look us and you're new to the show, look us up. If you're an old friend, look us up. Tweet at us, get on Facebook, post about the movies you're seeing at Dead Center because we want to talk to you about it. And not only that, if you're at Dead Center, uh, hey, we're not just voices that come to you through the means of the internet. Hit us up. We want to hang out with you guys. There's going to be a lot of parties and a lot of mixtures and a lot of films to see. So maybe we can catch a theater, a movie with you guys. So hit us up online at those places and we'll see about catching up there. That'll about wrap our Dead Center show. So that'll be it. Until uh, next time, stay tuned for our all of our Dead Center footage coming to you the weekend of Dead Center, which is going to run from June 8th through 12th. We'll be posting stuff every day during the festival, so we're very, very excited to have that up there. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in to this special presentation from Good Trash Media. For more information on the Dead Center Film Festival, go to deadcenterfilm.org. For more information on the Good Trash Media Network and all of our family of shows, go to goodtrashmedia.com.